Welcome back to another episode of Lemon Pepper Wet Podcast, bringing you the latest, the laughter, and the lessons we learn along the way. The lemon is what leaves a sour taste in our mouths, the pepper is the hot topic that has everybody talking, and the wet is what quenches our thirst and gives us life. I'm Bethany. And I'm Christina. And today we have... Warren. Okay. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Oh, Aw. Warren, who are you? You have to drink when you cheers, babe. <laughs> babe, is this your man? This is my man. Podcast, meet Warren, Christina's man. He's going to join us on our episode today to just talk yeah, about whatever we talk about. Unexpected, but you always have good insights, so I think mm, your I've, opinion will be fun. I'd like to think so. Okay, okay great. So what's up first, Christina? Oh, a lot of mercy. Well, we always like to get the lemon out of the way. Yes. Um, and I think most notably, the lemon is Mr. Rodney Reed, who is on death row, presumably for a crime he didn't commit. Presumably. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so he is on death row for the murder of a... I, I think it's important to note that Ronnie Reed is a black man. Mm-hmm. He's on death row for murdering a white woman by the name of Stacy Stites um, in 1998. So he was convicted of rape and murder. She was found strangled. Um, it's also important to note that Rodney and Stacy were having an affair and her fiance is a cop was a white cop so how do you guys feel about that the way we feel about or the way i feel about what what is what is your opinion because this this is this is important right now because he's he was scheduled to be executed i believe last week sometime recent this month and it's been stalled because of all the supporters who have signed petitions to not have him executed. So what are your thoughts and feelings? I feel like it's important to, to, that we have to give it uh, a second look because it represents an age-old scenario where a black man or a minority individual of, of, of any ethnicity in this country is simply overlooked in where, where, what their rules are and what, how they play out in an unfortunate situation like this. And it makes it impossible to say that, that this is a cut and dry case because you have somebody who is obviously hurt by the situation being the white male cop who has over and over again and situation after situation across the country in every city and township and small town that um, is in a position to do something about it that is at the expense of a minority. So I, I think that it's impossible to say that this it didn't play out the way that the media is trying to spin it, but uh-huh. it's impossible for us not to look at the facts and take a second look because it represents the same old story of somebody being framed for something that they didn't do by people in a position of power willing to do whatever it takes to get over on you. 
Hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that this is just kind of an age-old story that we've seen time and time again. Like, white people say one thing and black bodies suffer because of it. And there's not any... One thing that I think America at large has shown black people and other minorities is that your bodies are expendable. They're not valued here. So it's like, even... I think people get accused of things wrongfully probably more often than we would like to admit. But I think the outcry would have been something completely different had this man not been a black man. Right. See what I mean? I think that the... Or the mob- like the mobilization behind trying to get him off death row or get his innocence proven would have been a lot more like the the conversation about Rodney Reed was happening. I feel like very intercommunally. Like right. it wasn't something that like you know we hear about a church catching on fire in Paris. And when I come into work the next day, like every white person in there is talking about it. Mm -hmm. But then you have a black man on death row for a crime he didn't commit. That's obviously racially charged, especially when you consider the history of this country. I think that it, it just goes to show you like there's no value and we will be taught and shown that over and over and over again that our lives are just expendable. So to me, it's like... Sometimes I get really discouraged at the notion of, like, signing a petition that comes across on... Signing a petition that comes across, like, my email or something regarding Rodney Reed or, you know, commenting on a post that someone does in Facebook or even doing so much as to go out and protest, like, in the streets, in public, which people have done here even in Atlanta. But, I mean, it's just kind of like, what is it all for, especially when, if it's not Rodney it's Philando Castillo. If it's not Rodney, it's Mike Brown. If it's not Rodney, it's like how many... This happens so often that it's... I won't say easy, but it's hard not to become really, like, downtrodden by the whole thing. Okay, so there's some other little facts about this case. His... Or Stacy's fiancé, like I mentioned, is a cop... And he stated, he told her, like, if I ever find out you're messing around on me, I'll kill you. So there's that. Mm -hmm. And he also said, no one would ever think I killed her. Mm -hmm. Not something you would say if your fiance just died. Like, even if she was having an affair, you should, you should feel like double loss. Like, I lost my girl and she lost her life and she's not here, you know? So there is that part. But, and I also will say, I sign, I don't typically sign petitions and do the whole thing like you said, but initially I did. I signed a petition to get him off of death row, and shortly after that, I came across a tweet by at Moni Love X, and she says, Rodney Reed deserves to be right where he is, lock him under the jail. And in this tweet, she has screenshots of just this. I don't know what document she got off of SupremeCourt.gov, but it's basically his um, like his record. So Rodney was the the murder of Stacey Stites was not his first or last crime against a woman. Mm-hmm. He. Um, there was a woman named Connie York, another 19-year-old woman who came home late one night. 
He approached her, said, don't scream or I'll hurt you. She didn't listen. He dragged her to her bedroom, raped her repeatedly. Then there was another girl that was 12 years old, home alone. He broke in and he also raped her. Um, there Wait, was, who are we this, talking about? This is Rodney Reed. Okay, so these are documented cases. These these are documented. Documented violent crimes that Rodney Reed has committed himself. Against women. Okay. DNA found. Yeah. Okay, so He this- was not convicted of the... The conviction is this, Stacey mm-hmm. Stites. But I, I'm not sure why he was not convicted of these crimes, but his DNA was find, found on each of these women. Um... There was a woman who actually lost her life. Uh, I'm not going to read all of this, okay. but wow. there's there's information. And if I remember, I will post it. But it kind of got me feeling weird. Like, I'm not saying that he killed Stacy, but he has a history of violence towards women. And I've said this before on the podcast, but that's one of the things that I just can't abide by. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't fuck with that. Mm-hmm. Like, you, if you fuck with women, fuck with, fuck with kids, old people, like, I just don't like it. I, it's not it's not something I can excuse. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would like to chime in that, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, me speaking upon, you know, how I feel about the case, just reading about it, uh, in the media and what I know uh, by having, you know taking snippets from the stories and the coverage yeah uh, this is a, adds a whole new dimension and it changes everything it does because now I mean it, it's one thing for somebody to be misrepresented and we know and this is this is part of the crush that happens with this type of society and what we have to deal with this type of society is that you have to second guess and question everything that happens yes which is something that we shouldn't have to do so that that i mean that's an entirely different subject Mm -hmm. but for you to add that there are documented cases where he's been you know like pointed out very specifically that he had something to do with these crimes then of course that changes the dynamic it changes the entire scenario mm-hmm. you were a predator yeah you prey on women so at that point it's almost you know it's not it's almost not even a question anymore um you obviously knew her i mean you know it's documented that you knew that this this woman so you being documented as a, as a predator then now that you know that almost erases the question that you you couldn't have possibly had something to do with. Well, I mean, it doesn't mean that you he, absolutely did it. Exactly, it there's, mean there's that, that part. He may you, not have but, killed Stacy, yeah, but, but he yeah, been but, out here. Yeah, but right. your actions in any aspect of your life, whatever you do, all represent um, how you're going to be viewed, how you're treated, yes. how you're seen, and what the next steps in your life are. And like, like if anything like this comes up, you know, like you could accidentally, you know, crash a car, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody of us could. But if you were a five-time convicted, you know, DUI, you know, like you've gotten DUI three or four times, yeah. then, you know, then, then how are you going to be viewed? Yes. So my, my point is not that he actually killed her. My point is just that you make it very hard for anybody to stand in your corner if you're documented predator right you've hurt people which i agree with that but i also think that when it comes to the justice system and how people are convicted of crimes especially with the prison system being as fucked up as it is anyway i think it's important to be very and hyper specific about what it is this person is being charged for like you're not gonna say like you're not going to say like, oh, you did X, Y, and Z, and because we did, because we can convict you of those things, that we're just going to pin something that maybe you. Com- There's isn't there a confession to this crime? Hasn't there been a he, confession made he, by someone else? 
Ah, um, I'm I'm pretty certain actually, that I read. I think there is. Something. I'm pretty certain that I read. Someone else confessed to the crime, and someone else, and and they also refused to test DNA. He confessed that they were having an affair. Is what he confessed, and he said that the DNA that was found on her is because they had sex the night before her murder, mm-hmm. which is very convoluted. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I just think that all all procedures and policies should be incorporated regardless of a person's history. I think that that just provides a slippery slope to very easily be like, oh, well, you did this one bad thing years ago or whenever you did it. Mm -hmm. And so now anything that comes up or anything that someone says, oh, yes, he did this, we're just going to like automatically throw you, like literally take your life for it. Yeah. Okay. And that that brings me to the next part is the death penalty like yes he is not a perfect person but does he do does he deserve to die do you how do you feel about the death penalty because that <laughs> like it just it's a, as as basic as it is like you're in jail for a crime you committed and we get to kill you like that to well, me just seems it, it seems a little barbaric Mm-hmm. personally but at the same time I cannot say that if there was a crime committed against my loved one mm-hmm. a horrible violent I mean, horrific I mean, murder I, think the, I, I think, can't say that I wouldn't want that person dead I'm just saying right <laughs> right and I think that that's, it's very I mean we all know that this is a Christian nation yes okay <laughs> and that the the laws that stand in this country often will be aligned with things that you can find in the Bible, regardless of how you take them, like regardless of the context. Uh-huh. So I think the eye for an eye concept is where this applies. Like you take a life, your life gets taken. And like you said, if but it, the end of that, an eye for an eye, then the whole world would be blind. So it's like, do we just because that person but kills, also everybody we, ain't killing everybody either everybody ain't killing and, and everybody. I think the notion is that if you know that okay if I do this thing then the, the, on the very flip side the the option is that I would have to give my own life maybe people think twice about mm. taking the eye you know what I'm you saying know. like maybe it's gonna make you think twice about pulling the trigger or strangling someone or you know what I mean that's the concept I'm not saying that it's right and I'm not saying that I agree with the death penalty because like you said it's 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 nuanced i don't believe that any person who is administering the lethal injection or pulling the lever on the chair or whatever mm-hmm. you're not absolved personally in my book from murder yourself exactly that that's where it's, it gets a little sticky like what a, the person who's administering the execution like they are also a murderer. So yeah, you're also get to kill a them murderer, next? technically. And then like, when they retire, do they get <laughs> executed? Right. And then I think like, but but on the same other, on the absolute flip side of that coin, like you said, if someone, God forbid, in the most horrific scenario possible, if someone took the life of your the person closest to you, mm-hmm. and they were like, well, the death penalty is on the table for the person who took their life. Mm-hmm. 
would you be like, you know what? Don't give him the death penalty. Let him rot in jail instead. I mean, initially, I think... And I and I very clearly remember this as a young person thinking, being very much so against the death penalty and thinking being in jail for the rest of your natural life was the ultimate punishment. And I, I don't know, like I still kind of feel that way. But then people got cell phones in jail. They people got, got the cell internet. Phones, they got like, popped chicken sandwiches. Yeah, like is like, jail that bad? Oh God. <laughs> okay. No, okay. No, I don't mean that. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, you know, it. What sitting in jail forever that that person still may never be sorry for their crimes like that's true it, that's true it, I don't know I what the perfect punishment is because there's also there's also rehabilitation that we're, like we never consider when it comes to American jails mm-hmm. it's just like you did something bad once and you're bad forever right yeah, I, I just, I know, because of what I know about our society and the distribution of funds, what I know about it is, like, rehabilitation for criminal criminals, period, is probably not very high on the priority list. We can't even get health care right. right. You know what exactly. I mean? So it's like... Ideally, although I would love to abolish all prisons, and I think that that would be a beautiful... Abolish use. them in place of what? In place of... I, I, I mean, and, and what would take the place of a Rehabilitation. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Restorative justice. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that... This is something I'm not very well versed on, but something that I do... I have delved into very minimally, like, hearing about, like, what the alternative is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I just think that there's not the resources, the funds, or the people in place to provide that sense of, like, okay, now let's... Let's have a... So there's another podcast that I can't think about the name right now, but there was a restorative justice... It's a restorative justice podcast in the sense that they go into jails... And they link the person. I think I've mentioned it before. They link the person who has committed the crime with a victim Victim or survivor of the crime. And they have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a rehabilitation in and of itself that provides an opening for healing for both parties if they're willing. Like, obviously, we're not saying take people against their will to go talk to people who are perpetrators of the crime that they were subjected to. Right. However... I think it is it's a step in the right direction in the sense that like you can literally you can audibly hear like this moment of clarity or moments of understanding where people are like you know I never considered it from that perspective because they don't get the opportunity to talk one on one with the family of the of a murdered right. person or they don't get to talk one on one with a girl who was trafficked as a pimp you know what I mean I believe the name of the episode or the name of the podcast is called Ear Hustle I think you might yes, be right. I believe the name of the uh, podcast is called Ear Hustle, and it is a very good podcast. It's a very and you good guys podcast. should all listen. Yes, Warren. Um, I, I just wanted to chime in with, you know, I, there are many different aspects as to why <clears throat> and, uh, you know, rhyme and reason with what a prison system means for somebody that is obviously a human being and obviously has their own situations. And, you know, it's a big question of whether or not things can change for them or right. they can change or they can at least progress 
and blossom into somebody different or mm-hmm. not. And uh, what uh, Christina's statement made me think about was, you know, part of this whole prison to pipeline system that we have now, because since the Clinton era, we've had this privatization of the prison system where it is almost works in a court system's favor to send people in prison mm-hmm. because you're actually making money the more people that are in prison. Which is absolutely fucking right. disgusting. And which is. is why there's a, such a well not I wouldn't say large conversation but there is a conversation about abolishing prisons because then it takes that off the table it makes the justice system more justified well okay um, so what I wanted to add is I didn't know if you guys were um uh, aware that as of this year there's legislation to be passed in the state of California to abolish all privatized prisons Mm -hmm. so now there's no like there's no for-profit you know, that, that what it represents is no more for-profit prison system, meaning that there are people in the society, like right in the community or wherever they are, that have money, that stand to make more money just because you're, you know, for lack of a better term, black ass is in prison. <laughs> yeah. Okay? The prison system is for reform. You have to serve a sentence based upon what, you know, what your crime is. And after that, you know, you're given an opportunity to rejoin society and, do you know, to like, do you know, to make a contribution. Hopefully it works. Right. Of course, there's other things that need to you know, accentuate that, you know, mm-hmm. there's programs, there's, there's, you know, there's learning programs, there's, you know, there's job training and all these things that need to happen. But I think a real key step in eliminating that entire process is, you know, having the, uh, the backing and people understanding what it means for prisons to be privately owned by citizens. So I can quietly put money, as much money as I want, into a prison and the more money that that's in, you know like the more people that are in there the mm-hmm. more money I make and I don't know if people are aware that there have been lots of judges over the past couple of decades that have been pulled off the bench because they're literally sending people to prison for things that they don't need to go to prison right. for right. and it's a very real thing and people yeah, I mean, should understand think that think about Meek Mill who knows what that crazy um, bitch is up to what's she at I mean okay we it don't matter. I mean, yeah. but yeah I think in general if I had to if I had to pick a stance about what I feel about the death penalty I would say it doesn't necessarily align with my personal beliefs yes. period and if again in a utopian society or if we were able to really create kind of a hierarchy of needs regarding the prison industrial complex I think like you said just deprivatizing prisons to, period yeah. would be a really large step in the right direction for this whole like not just like this influx of black bodies into prisons for no reason so okay but in in the both of you in this specific case of Rodney Reed because mm-hmm. this is where we began yeah. what do you feel like the what would what would justice look like for him not getting the death I didn't go to law school okay. but I don't think Personally. that a person should get the death penalty for a crime that they didn't commit regardless Correct. of what his previous crimes were yes I think that if he if that's what they're trying to pin on him or if they're trying to be like some sort of retribution for the fact that he got off for those previous crimes then no I think that that's where the justice system failed back then yeah and it's failing again by trying to pin a crime on a person who didn't commit the crime and I don't care how many ways you fucking flip it like I have been a repeat offender of many 
many a thing. <laughs> wow, guys. Oh, God. Um, so, we that, know you don't have to tell us. I know, but that being said, I'm just like, you know, the, the scale is a little bit different, obviously. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just because I show up late to work every day, someone shouldn't be like, oh, she stole something from her job. It's probably Christina because she was late every day. Yes. You know, like, I don't think that that's fair. Yeah. I'd like Just to talk. Ch- I'd like to chime in. Okay. Chime. <laughs> or actually, please just say I like to chime in every time. Okay. <laughs> I am not opposed to that train of thought, but I do think that with certain crimes, with certain malicious crimes like mm-hmm. this, that that's sometimes, you know, maybe the justice system does ring true because if he is truly a predator, that, that, that he could never, because of the system, not get anything specifically pinned on doing those other crimes where somebody was truly violated yeah. and now you're still somehow in the mix where somebody dies I think that that's sort of a form of justice in and of mm. itself that you are that you're locked in you stick because you sticky but I mean yeah. <laughs> right I mean you have these yeah places, I hear you you know what I'm saying it's like okay so you didn't get caught before and this like, wasn't okay, you this yeah. time but and you got fucked up now, a whole bunch of other yeah, times a whole right? bunch of other times and not only at those other times not just like you live in the vicinity or like like you you know like you're on a chopper to listen you a couple blocks away you're directly do directly related associated, and associated yeah. to this case where somebody's died and we have you documented fully in all these other cases mm-hmm. I think in a, in a situation like that like you being like caught up you're in that grinder you're getting yeah. you're getting but the true like I mean because I mean honestly is the truth ever gonna come out we don't know I don't know I just think I, that personally I think I think the fiance did it Okay, and, and, and I think and I think he has fully recognized his privilege as a white fucking cop yes. and knows that he won't get off and that yeah. or knows that he won't yeah. get I mean, convicted. Yeah, yeah. And, and not to mention that he also spent some time in jail, like post this for yeah. violating his wife okay. in some kind of way. I, yeah, so I mean, so, so I'll link the article. Okay, but. So, so again, what I said, like you described about his, like his, the, I believe you described two different malicious incidents where you like DNA was in the play. You know, like he did these things. Yeah. Okay. What is what is this? Is you know like whatever you want to call it, karma or God saying, okay, you got away with it before, but now it's now time for you to pay the piper. <laughs> yeah. Like now it's time to pay. Like yeah. you're not gonna get away with it forever. Mm. You like you need to reap the the seeds of what you sow. Yeah. So, I mean, and I just feel like it, when, when I hear stories like this, it's like, it's, I mean, you always, we understand the real things that happen to people where it's not our fault and it's just, you know, it's like all the, the abstracts of what, you know, an un, realistic society is that skewed to the you know like to the benefit of one people or something like that so you always have to raise these questions but at the same time like I said what you told me about these other crimes it's like you know you can't you're gonna say these things over and over again you know what and what if he gets like what if he's not even so he escapes death penalty and then they're like okay you can go free since you didn't do that yeah and then he goes out and does it again it's like 
I don't know. I think I think where my mind is a little bit torn is because what you what you stated way earlier is that this is another case of a black man being pinned for doing something to a white woman and right. now he's literally being crucified right. for it. Right. Okay, and so. maybe and maybe and maybe it's become a little bit more selective. Maybe it's like, no, we're not gonna choose the fourteen year old little boy Emmett Teal, mm. who clearly is obviously innocent, but we will pin it on this guy who has okay. a history of this, this, yeah. that, that. Yeah. Third. And I think a good question is those other two cases, what was the what was the ethnicity of those women? I don't know the ethnicity, but um, and it's not even just two. There's more than yeah. like this, this, oh, is, this, oh. is, this is where I'm so like you're making a case right yeah, now. Yeah, like <laughs> so, okay. I, like I said, I'm no lawyer. I'm I've never studied law. I don't know. This is just I'm just going off the vibes, and the right. vibes are you fucked up. Right. <laughs> the right, vibes right. are really fucked up, and I don't and I and I really hate to even question. Um my brother's innocence or guilt but but just my gut feeling is like he may not have killed this woman but he's done some other fucked up shit and he I don't think he should die right now but he should really just like like if this is a close call this is like okay well the actions your past actions is why you almost died right well you know what too I think that speaks a lot to what we were talking about if we were talking about rehabilitation and restorative justice like some people really do have a fucking illness a sickness like yeah child molesters like people who commit violent crimes serial killers like a lot of them psychosis is not too far off you know what I mean so it, it, it can't just be like okay bro like you know what we came to bat for you we got your shit put off and mm-hmm. now you have an opportunity so go do the right thing now like no yeah. he needs to be re- rehabilitated in some way or yeah. he needs like professional help and care and counseling or whatever that looks like medication I don't know but it's yeah. like it can't just be like like, all right, you got off. Go do the right thing. Yeah, like, that's, that's not, not going to happen. That's not how it works. Like, and there's always the, the, you know, the just under the surface, under the surface oppression that we all have in and every day that and you know people in certain situations like you don't have all the opportunities you don't have the mm-hmm. social collateral to get what you want your life is a constant grind from beginning to end people are going to do things you're like people don't have opportunities they're going to commit crimes that's yeah. just the way it is yeah. and they're not committing crimes like his crime is somehow morally wrong crime just means I'm going to need to do what I need to do in order for me to eat and for yeah. my kids to eat right. for my family to and eat and that's often times how you find sleep. that people are repeat offenders like well how you get how you get busted for selling weed and now you back in for selling weed well because a lot of times it's like okay I got the spelling charge ain't nobody trying to give me a fucking job after yeah. that you know what I'm saying so yeah I'm gonna go back to doing what's gonna make it lucrative enough for me to feed my two three kids you know well I mean I don't think we're gonna I, I, I think I think what's gonna happen because none of us have any any real say except for signing a petition and retweeting some shit and like posting Mm -hmm. stuff but I think in the coming days we'll find out if he does indeed get executed and all I can say is like God be with you like whatever is supposed to happen will happen so what we know for now the execution has been stayed for the time being (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah it's been stayed for 
yeah, it's been halted. Um, I oh god, I don't have dates, I'm but saying. but we're revisiting it. Yeah, they very review soon. it. Right? Yeah. They review the case and then just they decide, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see, and we'll probably update on this here very podcast. Yeah, what happens? I definitely you really threw a curveball at me with I, those. I, uh, but it, I had to. I but had also, to, and I'm glad be I informed. Like, be informed because a lot of uh-huh. time. You mean the past convictions? Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move to our word pepper, and I think we should start. Wait, 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 wait. We yeah. have another woman. Atlanta really showed out in a bad way. I was gonna save that one. Okay. <laughs> All right. We can, we can. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um. Warren, I think you're the expert on this because I don't know a whole lot about sports ball, but <laughs> Colin Kaepernick was in Atlanta yesterday. He was in Riverdale. What are you, Riverdale? It was in Riverdale. high school, they changed the venue. They changed the venue. Mm, very last minute. To- Wait, they changed the venue? Okay. He changed the venue. According oh. to what I've heard. Just, just Tell us everything about Kaepernick coming to Atlanta to work out. Okay. (laughs) The idea was, I don't know what brought about this deal, but there's a deal on the table for NFL teams to take a look at Colin Kaepernick to see if he is in shape and ready to play in the NFL, giving him an opportunity. There are several teams, as many as 10 teams, that came this weekend to see uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick practice. He was supposed to happen. It was supposed to happen at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the uh, Atlanta Falcons' new stadium. But apparently at the last minute, uh, the Kaepernick camp changed the venue of to show transparency as, as far as what I hear, that it's not skewed to one team or the other, mm-hmm. and that the actual viewing and the practice session took place at a local high school. Um, there were comments all over the internet about how uh, Kaepernick doesn't necessarily want to play and that this is all just a ploy and that he wants to be a martyr by, you know... Um, I won't mention any names, but uh, some <laughs> commentators, uh-huh. you know, uh, uh, for sports, uh, you know, on TV. Um, how I feel about that, as far as his, you know, his his true intentions, I'm not sure. I think that there's no way that he wouldn't or doesn't want to play. But I also can recognize that, you know, maybe there's just something a little bit, bit more important to this young man than just football. Mm-hmm. So he can, so if it came down to it, he could take it or leave it, and it's actually something that I could respect. Yeah, you know, like he what do you what do you feel about the martyrdom, the matrodom? <laughs> what do you feel about that aspect? Because I did see that as a comment too, and I, personally, I'm, I wasn't. I didn't think a martyr in what sense? I mean, I mean, if you ask me, I say he's already experienced the martyrdom by not playing Mm -hmm. and making that money in the NFL for the last several years. Mm -hmm. And has it been three years? Yeah, it's been three years now, and. You know, he's. I mean, first of all, his family's okay for money. Mm-hmm. He's still been getting. Make, he's still been making plenty of money by his endorsements. He got that Nike check. Exactly. Well, we know he yeah. got that Nike check. <laughs> so I don't think money is an issue for this guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not really an issue for this guy. Does he love football? He played his entire life, all through, like his entire life, to get to the NFL. Got there and did mm-hmm. extremely well. Mm-hmm. 
other issues and other things that play a part of in his life, obviously, he felt like he had to stand up for it. So I don't think it's a question of whether or not, you know, he wants to actually play football. Right. There's just, there's some other things that are more important than football to him. Well, and it, I mean... I mean... I think that um, <clears throat> it would be... It would be... We would be fooling ourselves if we didn't consider that people who have been in the arena of making several millions of dollars a year yes. don't want to keep making that cash. So okay. I don't... I don't care necessarily where where your alignments are. Like I think mar- true martyrdom would have been him just like completely not aligning himself with the NFL. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So like the trials, none of that shit would have happened. That if, if he, if that was truly like what was most important to him, the Nike deal wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. That was already kind of an interesting situation. That was interesting. Considering Nike's affiliation to certain parties, yes. Republican notably, Ooh. like so, I, that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like the martyrdom scheme could be just that. I'm not saying that Kaepernick is not true to or loyal to like what his beliefs are, or he's not standing up for them. But I don't think it's too far outside of the realm of understandable to consider that a person like Kaepernick or Kaepernick, however you say it, would want to still make his millions and also try to push an agenda for uh, police brutality or what, you know, whatever it is that he was standing up for at the time. I Okay, if we take best this, of both worlds, if we take this out of the world of football and say Kaepernick was just a regular ass guy working. Well, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. Okay, but so, wait, just follow me. (laughs) If he's like a regular ass guy at a company and he's like the, you know, top performer and he voices his opinions about something he does not like but still continues to perform and is just like okay well this is how I this is where I stand on this particular issue and they fire him and he's still really good at that job and it's like I can still I want my job back because well, yeah. it has nothing to do with like no 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 because the NFL is a highly problematic like industry like it's the NFL is it, it's not like you you still want to play for the NFL you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying go play go play touch tag start your own league uh-huh. like if you still want to play for the NFL then you're still going to be making the commissioner your team owner all of these people who have highly problematic practices you're still going to be making money for them so you think he should just say fuck the NFL altogether if he uh, really feels strongly about police brutality yeah well I think that well I think that if you if you're going to say you're going to do something then don't like tiptoe around the whole Mm. thing like don't I want to add that there's also two there's two you know there's two kind of two schools of thought on that whole Mm. matter you know a lot of people will say I can make more of an impact from the inside Right. You know, as long if, as, like if I'm a part of the conversation, if I'm inside the conversation, or if I'm inside the system, I can make much more of an impact. And obviously, while he was with the NFL, and long after, you know, he was ostracized, he's making a big fucking deal with 
excuse my language, or the big deal within the NFL or for the NFL about their practice, at least raising the question mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah. Where no awareness. One, yeah, at awareness. Least. At least awareness where no one can question that he did that. Mm-hmm. And as far as money, if it's just for the money, you know, like while we're talking, I'm looking at line, like in, in his short career in the NFL, he's he's net somewhere in the in the range of well over forty million dollars. Mm-hmm. So on top of his, you know, his, he's already coming from a pretty <clears throat> set family. I mean, it, can it be about money? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think it's all about money. I, and and I also don't want to. It's easy to question public figures. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, true. Authenticity, exact, motive, intentions. Yes, yeah. it's very easy to question that. But I'm also like. Maybe he really is just genuine about the cause. Like, I want to play football. I'm still in shape. I could still do this shit. The reason I'm not playing is because... It's because y'all yeah. don't agree with and my I, view, and I can. And I also can add that you know, like we don't know what. His, I mean, we know financially, like as far as wanting anything, he that's not his issue. But how he looks. You know, he is a man of ethnicity through and through. And no matter what doors are open for him, you know, based upon what their financial situation is, mm-hmm. he don't look nothing like his parents. He don't look nothing like any of those people. What he looks like is like us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that plays a part. <laughs> I mean, that's going to play a part yeah. in his decision. I mean, he's talking to people just like you or I. When you're talking to people and you're interacting with people in any given situation, you're always going to get a little bit of that taste. You know, if you have a half a brain, you're going to get a little bit of that taste of what the true, you know, like what's, mm. what's behind your eyes or, or how you're interacting with me and what's going on. And and I'm sure that at least on some level, it may not mean everything, but on some level, that plays a part of it. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like if he, you know, if he's fed up with it or he wants to make a decision, well, I'm going to do something anyway. It's just like, you know what? If, if I just oppose everybody, I'm just going to make some money. I'm going to be a star by kneeling at games. No, something nah. happened to make that stuff happen. Yeah. And then I think with the outcry of support that he got, maybe perpetuated. And but that's okay. Everybody doesn't get to the same. You know, you don't get to. I mean, who knows where things like this start? I mean, everything. You know, like it. It, it might be even more fruitful for him to see the support that he got from a simple gesture that might have been personal from other people. To help him keep going, than him making a decision himself. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? And either way that it comes about, I mean, if it's good, if it's good for us, I mean, good for good who? For anybody. I, okay, I, mean, I don't think him kneeling is going to stop police brutality no, by any means. Facts. That I don't think he himself will. I, him kneeling was literally awareness. Like yeah. you're wondering why I'm kneeling. This is why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think him kneeling and all the hoopla about him kneeling and who likes it and who doesn't is doing anything specifically for anybody. But what it does do, more importantly, is that like within our ranks and our own people and all these questions that are raised, it helps keep the reality like alive and not just like the suppressed kind of like oh I'm not going to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Like it keeps it like. Front and foremost about yeah. okay, what it is, what it, what is it that we're dealing with? How are we dealing with it? Are we just letting it go? Or is this a reality for you? Do you recognize and see that this is what the reality well, of things are? Uh, I don't know about that. I'm gonna have to disagree with you because I think that the awareness doesn't need to be brought to the people that are at, dealing with it. Like the awareness is not for the three people sitting at this right, table. The, I mean, well, the, the reason every Sunday. Like millions of people fucking watch football. That's why he's kneeling. And it's not just black people watching football. 
hella white people watch football. Sure. So I think that was. He is. It doesn't necessarily have to be for the people who are living it day to day. Right, but, but that's what I'm speaking to. What he's. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. That's what you like for the people that he looks like. Like as if as if him kneeling somehow does something for morale. Like it boosts morale on this side. No. no. <laughs> like and so then I think then maybe if we could somehow. If we, because to be frank, the mo- the majority of the feedback that I heard from people who I think the message isn't truly intended for has been negative. So mm-hmm. I'm like, what what's actually happening? What's actually the pushback? Because at this point, all that I've seen, which is what I think about most celebrities, is that you created a big fuss about something. Mm-hmm. People still dying in the streets, literally, and. Now there's all this conversation about Colin Kaepernick. So yeah, it, it, I I think the initial kneeling protest has become the Kaepernick protest. Yeah, and like maybe we have shifted our gaze a little bit. I mean, maybe not. Like I still think about police brutality. I still get nervous when police are behind exactly. me. So it, nothing has necessarily changed. And now we're kind of talking. Like we're literally talking about if. Kaepernick is going to get a job from what he did yesterday. Yeah, and I, exactly. And I I guess, I guess, and it's not to criticize anyone's form of activism. That's not what I'm trying to say. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think that essentially if you are really going to speak to something and if you really truly have an opinion for something, that can't coexist with the exact thing that is like, like the NFL literally the doesn't NFL doesn't give a fuck about black people. Doesn't give a fuck about black people and not even the NFL. We could talk about college football and collegiate sports. Like you don't thrive. You don't have an industry. You don't have a corporation here without black bodies and without black bodies injuring themselves and hurting themselves and getting brain injuries like this is it this is such a, a greater okay. a great com- no 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 I'm not done this <laughs> is such a really big conversation that I'm like how can his protests exist inside of the very thing that is like oppressing 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 people like I truly think if you want your protest and your activism to be notable or noteworthy or to make a change, then what you, what Kaepernick probably should do is quit the NFL and get other black players to quit the NFL too. And then make a, then make a, then make some noise. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't exist, but the Bears got to play though, right? Well, it doesn't matter who's playing and for the argument that you're making, um, like you, like you, you, you suggest some steps, but that's still not protest. There isn't even protest in this country anymore. True protest is a, is an absolute, you know, like I'm absolutely and completely opposed to whatever it is across the board. Exactly. That's what really I'm saying. Really and truly, like, there's, there's no protest so, when so, so, watching football. No. So even what you suggest is playing both sides of the fence because what you're suggesting there's there's a whole line of people that will take their places. That's you know that's a you know I'm opposed to it. That's not protest. Protest is what's happening in the streets of a dozen other countries right now maybe more than a dozen other countries flat out we're not going to have it in the streets yeah but that, but that that's a point i'm trying to make like the protest hasn't happened yet like just because you got down on your knee and you got fired from your job i mean that's a personal very personal protest but then you're also out here trying to get your job back from the same company that fucking fired you so it's I, like i I, th- I think it's i i hear what you're saying and initially i'm just kind of like he should get his job back because he didn't do anything wrong. Of course he should get his job back, but um but like you're saying, I think 
continue. No, no, no. That's it. I mean, I think people are going to watch football whether or not there's a protest. And that's why I think the problem lies. Yes. It's like, no one is going to stop watching football, but why can't we, why can't we rehabilitate the NFL? Oh, fuck no. Because I think that some things just have to be dismantled, period. Okay. Well, with the way, with the, with the comfortability. You clearly don't give a fuck about well, football. <laughs> with, with the comfortability, and not, it's not just football. I mean, football is the arena okay it's not a new thing mm-hmm. it is a tactic it is a tactic for what it is a tactic for um pacification for the masses okay period. sure mm-hmm. okay the mm-hmm. arena has been around it was around before Come on, pacification <laughs> you know, no, not the, that ar- one. the arena is around long before the dark ages okay this mm-hmm. is a roman empire thing uh-huh. it's what the caesars did when they you know you know there's constant wars they're trying to extend their borders with a pacify the, the masses they have the games okay and these are the games and we're doing the exact same thing yeah. right now okay it's the exact same thing okay so what's your point so I think <laughs> what he's, he's basically point. saying it's gonna happen yeah. before no, us no, during my, and after no, like so it's no, going to no, be so, a thing no so my point is she's saying it's, it's like you know you don't you don't try to make a difference and uh, or expect to make a difference being a part of the same system and what I was trying to express to her is that yeah you're either against it like completely or not but I mean if you want to do that in this country you better be prepared to die right now like right now Mm because if you want to flat out oppose this country has no problem and it's showing it over and over again then we'll just we'll just wipe you out yeah Yeah. okay so with and everybody being pacified and happy and like us being on top and like relative safely compared to the rest of the world right of course people are going to try and do what they came from within to at least make it a little bit more equal which is what a lot of us have been doing for generations Mm -hmm. so we can make that argument but let's keep right. it real they will drop bombs on US cities to kill our black asses mm. they will shoot us in the streets right now ah! you know any, <laughs> okay. any number of things will happen right You're now right. if you really want to push it and see what happens like that Good you, luck. you want to you, you want to you do that okay <laughs> you are right here at the Florida border right like we're down in Atlanta Georgia we're not on the border well we're not on the border but we're <laughs> close but since I've moved down here I'm from the north okay where, I'm from where Chicago. are you from tell the people where I'm you're from, from Chicago you're from okay? Chi-Town? yeah okay. I'm from Chi-Town okay uh-huh. and you know I like to keep up with you know history and events and and, and uh, history of this country is a big part of it yeah okay and so I know about some of the last real big massacres that happened in this country right here in Florida with the Seminoles which were mostly Native Americans and black people that tried to have a civilization and a place for themselves mm-hmm. where the US Army was sent in and killed them by the yeah. thousands over and over again for several years mm-hmm. okay so I know I, we all actually with, know with res- what is possible. With respect, yeah. yes. With respect to that very valid, valid, valid point. I do understand how it is a radical thing for someone to just up, to, to create such an upheaval that would actually disrupt like the Sunday afternoons of the majority of the white people living in this country. Like yeah. that, that is a reason that Collar Nick would get his head fucking Collar knocked. Yeah, yes. Kaepernick. <laughs> what did I say? Collar Nick. But sure. That's what we're going to yeah. call him. We're going to call him that. Collar Nick would get his head knocked off. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Like literally. Yeah. Like it's like, oh no boy, now you, you getting crazy. Yeah. So yeah. yes, I do understand that. Like it is, it's, it's, it, I guess it's irritating to me to, 
kind of have to grapple with the notion that like oh we're, there's a movement there's a very like like snake under the rug type movement that's happening but the whole house is like has to come down first you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying so it's just like I don't understand or I can't see how it's fathomable or possible to really make a change but at the same time you're correct I understand that kind Colin can't just be like fuck it let me get all these black players on my team let me get Jay-Z and fucking Diddy and start our own league without that really putting his life at stake for Mm -hmm. the amount of money that's at risk you know for white people and white people (laughs) so let me ask you this money people money people let's let's simmer down on the collar neck conversation but I do have a question if he does indeed come back to the NFL. Would you like to see him play for the Falcons? Well, I mean, truthfully, Atlanta has shown him a lot of love. Atlanta has shown him a lot of love, but Atlanta has sucked for a very long he time. He can make us not yeah, but he's suck. supposed to be the savior. <laughs> yeah, I want to add this, adding to your story, continuing his story. So, if we're going to look at it in the in the aspect of, you know, the games being this big pacification, you know, where the masses, you know, part of part of all of it that makes it okay that I could just tolerate stuff, bringing them back after a certain amount of time, that's an even bigger, now it works in their favor. Mm. Now it works in their favor because now you're even more interested in exactly what it was that he was trying to protest in the first place. So now that maybe that makes it even more of a reason for him to watch. You would like think. Plays right you in the, would think. Does that make sense? What Warren, I said. What team do you think he should go to? Um, I he don't would. really care who he plays for. Do what I like to see him play and still um, make waves. I mean, I mean the waves that we make and that we can get away with the waves that that can go. You know, you want him to be like like I said. Like, like if we, unless we're all ready for like flat out war, like we got food supply, you know, some you know, like all this shit. I'm not okay, ready. Then, okay. So I'm if we're not prepared, okay. So if we're not prepared for that, then somebody's got to be making waves somewhere. Mm-hmm. Keep the conversation alive. Keep the dream alive. Do what you can to at least make things better. So that means Man, he goes so, to what team? I mean, I don't care what team he goes to. Would I like to see him go to an Atlanta team? I think Atlanta would be a good fit for him. Okay. Am I an Atlanta fan? No. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm Chicago all the way for everything. Okay. But. I think he would be a good fit. <laughs> so you, you don't want him on the Bears? Uh, he wouldn't make it to the Bears. Oh, okay. no, no, the Bears family. No, nah, no, no. They're, <laughs> that's no. the Bear family. No, no, no. I mean the it's actual thing. No, no, I mean the actual family that owns the Bears. Oh, they no. don't hire black people. Okay. <laughs> no, not a quarterback. They never have. They never will. Mm. This is the truth. So he should just. He ain't coming come to the Falcons. He should come to the Falcons. City. Um, okay, <laughs> I think that ever since I mean, I will say I I know for a motherfucking fact that on this very podcast, we can curse on here. We yes, can, we can say whatever. Well. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I know for a fact that on this very podcast we have talked about personally like divesting ourselves from the NFL and 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 I I have and and that's what I was going to say in a major way we know (laughs) (laughs) I feel like truthfully like since the whole Kaepernick debacle happened that was probably like literally the only thing that I needed to be like oh this is like a reason for me not like to truly not care (laughs) like and be proud that I don't give a shit well I mean I will I do there 
like has it has been stated before. Like there was a, definitely a time where it was like Sunday we're watching football, Thursday we're watching football. Yeah. Like it's it's something to look forward to. It's fun. It's entertaining. Going to games. Yeah. Fun Even if you're not paying attention, it's like a group get together. Yeah. It's something social. Exactly. And. As much as the Falcons suck, I think it would be dope to bring Capric Collarnick to our team. Look, and bring Collarnick. Bring Collarnick's ass. We got Shit. enough murals here for his ass. We got like, enough murals, I've and maybe, maybe I would watch football again. Maybe I don't know. You know, just go to a football party. I would. I would, I would watch. Gripe about it. I would. <laughs> I'd be like, mm, but what's really going on? But okay, I'm gonna watch Kaepernick play. Cheers. Cheers. We're having a mid Go session. Sure. Whatever. Okay, next uh, up on the peppers. Can we talk about our collective boyfriend, Aubrey Graham, aka Drake? Look. <laughs> this was so funny to me. I mean What? Okay, <laughs> I guess he's not your boyfriend, but So Drake got booed at Camp. Flogna, which I love the name of that festival. Yeah, but he got booed when he came out, and the the audience was expecting Frank Ocean. The and no one ever said that Frank Ocean was coming. What? I don't think he was billed as a guest that was uh, coming. It was just it like was a buzz, surprise. Yeah, like it was who's the ti- okay. So Camp Flagna is I, I don't know if it's Odd Future or if it's just, just Tyler, Tyler the Creator's um, music festival, which I think is kind of dope that this young black man or a young group of black right Shut kids up. have a whole music festival and it's very lucrative and. Thousands of people come out every year. So, uh, you can chime in in a second. Give me a moment. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to cut you off. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like you said, Drake came out, they booed his ass, and he said, do you want me to keep going? Because I could can, I can not. Yeah. But obviously, Tyler and, and Drake are friends, and he really appreciated him coming out. It was a favor for him. Yeah. He played all his favorite songs. And as a result, Tyler was very disappointed and embarrassed by the fans that booed a person for coming to perform. Well, I don't know what Tyler owes Drake or why. I mean, first of all, I kind of think it's just like in the realm of performing and artistry and like rite of passage, like most artists starting out at some point or another, Mm -hmm. you're going to get booed or heckled or something. That's just kind of like a thing that happens. Yeah. Granted, Drake is like who he's Drake. So he, I'm sure that's not something that he expects now, Uh but at the same time, it's like not, not everybody fuck with Drake like that. And even people who did fuck with Drake, like they said, like they—that's not what they wanted. That's not what they were expecting. That and they the vibe. made it known. They, yeah, Drake didn't know the fucking vibes, yeah. but what, he was unaware. What? But I was gonna say, I mean, I think it's a little bit funny that yeah, he get, he of course he didn't expect to get booed. And he got his feelings hurt a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a little bit funny. But, like, but he's Drake, right? He already sold all the exactly. concert tickets. He already got paid already. Yeah. So, who cares? Yeah. Like, just, who no. cares? Like, I agree. 
married. And guess I what? Agree. If he comes back to that same city and he's billed, guess what? He's gonna sell all the tickets. Yeah. So, yes. so what? Okay, Warren. So. If I'm not. I don't think I'm wrong, but is it my understanding that you are a musician yourself? Yes, yes. Have you ever been booed? Mm, yes. How did that feel? Um, and lay the scene for us. Like, okay. yeah, yeah. what? To give us a story. Me being booed is much different because I. You're not Drake. I am not Drake. Yes. And I'm not like known worldwide, and I can almost. I mean, I know. And the times that I go out or have been out to perform, that no one, if there's a handful of people, they're, they're going to know who I am. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not, they're not necessarily booing for me specifically. They're just like, they don't know who I am. Like, yeah. why should they know? Yeah. So it's not necessarily a boo. Or it could be I could start and like, I can have a room full of people and they don't even look toward the stage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just something that you have to come to terms with. Um, as an aspiring artist. Yes. You know, it's like, you know, get people to know you, you know, get a following. So it's going to be a little bit different for me. Like, I'm ready for that, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Drake, You're prepared to get the blue. Yeah, I feel like Drake, when Drake, you know, so I'm gonna do, if, Drake, if I'm Drake and I'm going to come around the corner, everybody's going to be happy to see me. Yes. Like, I've built up Well, maybe this is just like a humbling experience. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, maybe That's Drake why I said. Like, I think, humble himself. That's I think why I said it's a, funny. But, but at the same time, like, like, why does he need to be yeah. humbled yeah, like I think I think he's definitely put the work in and he's built the following and he has the career that he has and so I think it might have been like a pipe down young man like not everyone fucks with yeah. you but he doesn't necessarily have to be humbled uh, humbled period no question mark I I mean I don't know like we were talking about earlier like earlier like karma has a funny way of doing its thing like I don't he know what the wrong I don't know what the <laughs> fuck Drake got going on I yeah. don't know what the fuck he got going on I know that like you said everything happens for a reason yeah so make maybe Drake needed to be humbled in that instance for some other shit that went on like you know what I'm saying like maybe Drake that was straight for from the from the heavens, yeah. like, this is for you, my nigga. Like, hold that, hold that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, well, okay. I also think that maybe what was a little okay. The vibe of Camp Flogna is definitely artsy young black kid who played in the band who listened to my chemical romance maybe who was a little alternative thank you for giving that insight also yeah Yeah. you know like it's it's not necessarily like a hip-hop focus yeah um festival so drake's presence was probably not what the audience was looking yeah, for yeah and, and i think that you know for tyler to come to bat like maybe tyler should been should have been more in tune or more he did he did he he tweeted a stream of tweets and in one of them, he said, maybe Drake being there was a little bit tone deaf, and that's my fault. Yeah. But he did not see, he didn't think it would lead to well, mass and booing. That's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we were talking earlier about the cop, uh, the collar, collar neck situation. Yes. Collar neck. That is his name, Collar Nick. The Collar Nick situation and how a lot of times these artists, like when you gain momentum, a lot of times you can forget about the 
the uh, the bigger picture and you're just thinking like okay everybody loves Drake he's a multi-platinum artist yeah. like if I bring him out then it's gonna sell more tickets the next year yeah so maybe it wasn't maybe his yeah yeah maybe you needed to know like you gotta respect respect your your fan base yeah. and what they like and what they need and don't lose sight of that like you for you to acknowledge that you bringing Drake on was tone deaf and like maybe it was out of pocket like mm-hmm. you knew the brand you started yeah you already knew what the fuck it was so what was the reason for bringing Drake on I don't know I think Tyler just really fucks with Drake and well, I can't fuck with Drake for that. his own time yeah you yeah. know what I'm saying if you fuck with Drake so hard but Drake won't fuck with you unless he's getting paid to be on your tour then do you really fuck with Drake like y'all go fucking chill in the studio somewhere let me okay if you were at the festival, and I know, I, I don't know what your answer is going to be, but maybe I can guess. And you thought Frank Ocean was going to come out, but Drake came out. Would you be upset? Would no. You I wouldn't boo. Hello. Of course not. But at the same time, you Why know, right? you boo? I, well, this is what I see. <laughs> if the genre is like completely different, I can understand. This is not what I expected. Maybe it wasn't even a boo for like like this. Just wasn't what we expected. Yeah. But it doesn't seem so such a contrast as if you know I'm at an Aerosmith concert and you bring out Gucci Migos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. It's not that, so disaligned. Thank that. you. That is. That, I think that's what I was getting at. Right. <laughs> like it. That would be weird. Yeah, that, that would be, be weird. That would be grounds for a boo. Yeah. yeah. But but at the same time... If, if, if Frank... If I was expecting Frank Ocean but Drake came out, I'd be like... It's but, like... I mean, know yourself. Know your crowd. Yeah. Like, maybe... Maybe... Uh, Tyler the creator should have been less concerned about his relationship with Drake and more yes. concerned about what his fans wanted and needed like and, and, and I'm also, sure there was buzz leading up to the actual performance the like, buzz and what does that also oh, say Frank Ocean's gonna come out Frank Ocean's gonna come out Frank Ocean's coming out even even prior to the show to the festival kicking off you know how that goes people speculate and and how does that really how does that really I mean I mean it raises some questions too because maybe those those uh Fan, those fan bases don't align like you think they do. Yeah, mm. you know, like the the like the Frank Ocean fan base may not be the whole. You know, like it might not be yeah, the, the Drake may be more. You know, like <laughs> the hotline blinky. Not, not hotline blinky. blinky. No, yeah. Exactly. Well, and yes, and I it's think more that pyramidy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that for us, because we do like and appreciate all three artists, like similarly. Yeah, like it's easy for us to be like, yeah, we can. This a big diagram yeah, over here. Yeah. Like we but can. Get also <laughs> like all kinds of music you know yes. what I mean? so it might I mean that could be a big part of it is like okay this falls more into this you know smoothed out kind of you know just it might not be the same I do I don't want to uh, I don't want to not um, acknowledge the fact that being booed is probably not a good feeling it's not definitely I, I, don't, I mean I've never body. been booed but, uh, I've never put myself out in a position to be booed but I feel like that's the reason I don't put myself exactly. out exactly yeah. that's booed. the reason I mean, why I, I don't I mean if you're in a certain like if you're in a certain position you know and I am Drake and I get those boos and of course you know that's gonna hurt a little bit you don't expect it mm-hmm. I can always pull my cell phone out and look at all those zeros and I could just be okay but also yes because also did it yeah. come back with you me and was like oh I signed on for the next 10 years yeah and I don't know now. I don't know if that was like some petty Betty type shit probably but 
it that that tweet instantly lets you know that he don't give a fuck. Right. And so maybe he I guarantee you that the majority of those people that booed they listen to his tracks. Yeah. Like, yeah. They just weren't expecting it. That's what I'm saying. It, like, they were caught up. I mean, I don't know. I, I, we got really excited about the Drake conversation. We did, but but this leads into, this is moving us to a wet, but this is a lemon wet. We recently... We don't we, get very many lemon wets. Christina and I, we went to Ari Lennox's Woo! concert. I kept thinking she said Annie Lennox, but okay. No. I know it wasn't. Sorry. It was Ari. So, Sorry. Ari Lennox is a singer from the DMV area. I'm not sure if she's actually from D.C., but I know she's from the DMV. Mm-hmm. And her opener was a go-go band. And go-go is, is a genre of music that is local to that area. Yeah. And it consists of, like, Bongos, drums, very percussion days. heavy. If you uh, this one thing, this thing, or this one thing by A Marie has yes. a go go sound to it. I think that's probably the most mainstream go go song that I know. Exactly, precisely. Yeah. Um. So she had a go go band open or Wale yeah. or Wale. Hello, yeah. Wale is Duh. very go go heavy, and the band was called T. CB, I believe. They were incredible. They were amazing. Christina and I, we love we that love, shit. We love GoGo. One of our re- really good friends is from DC, and so obviously, like, we've been listening to GoGo since we were in like high school. High school, exactly. So we know we're where we get the vibe. We loved it. Yeah. There was a couple other people in the crowd who also loved it, but then there was a large majority of people who were not fucking yeah. with the band, and I felt so bad because yeah. people were booing. They were literally booing and like giving the hand gesture to get off the stage so much so to the point like you know when you feel you know when you're in a situation and you feel how awkward it is the second hand embarrassment the second hand embarrassment yeah. like you you can feel the awkwardness like the girl the singer the lead singer forgive me I don't know her name but the lead singer she just stopped looking at the audience like yeah. she just turned around and like was like singing to the band essentially because like it's but also at the same time like Warren how you were talking about as a small up and coming band it's like you want to be received in love because you know like this is all you got you're not Drake you don't have millions you don't have penthouses you don't have private jets you don't have record labels so it's like yeah you do want to be received and I think that in that scenario I was really 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 embarrassed and sad but I was yeah, like, I, 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 where's I was, the place of what I was going to add is that I don't come from, you know, like, I'm not one to, or, you know, people I know, or like, just by my circles, by my history, like, we don't, like, if I'm not, I'm not going to just boo somebody, like, yeah. Yes. If I don't know it or I don't understand it or it's new to me or I don't even appreciate it, okay, maybe this is my time to go get some popcorn. Yes. I'm not going to boo you, and I don't understand this about people, so... I just wanted to point that out. And and I, I don't know. Like I I guess I felt like 
it's just not polite to boo people. Well, that's, I think that's what I was trying to say. Like, it's just yeah. not polite. Well, like, people are polite these but, days. But at the same time, like, I can't, I can't police everyone's behavior. Like, we're all fucking grown. Yeah. People get drunk and they just do what they yeah. feel. Now, I inherently. have been a perpetrator of heckling. You have. Oh, I yes. was. And it was very nasty. You did have. And not. I was embarrassed. <laughs> Okay, uh, sorry to that woman. You're a heckler? I was at one point. I she has heckled. Had, I've heckled this is, this once. Is, this is one of the crimes that she was mentioning. Yeah, I was going to say that I don't want them to be held against me forever. I shouldn't be put in the chair because I heckled somebody once. I think Warren is disagreeing. Okay, look. <laughs> He's executing okay. you right now. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, is like, yes, I understand that, like, people, people be fucked up. People be fucked up, and they be out here just acting reckless and, like, like just similarly at Camp Flog. Now you're waiting for Ari. You know what you came here and what you paid your money for. So it's like, what the fuck is this? This like, is not what I paid for. But, I mean... Are we screaming? I think we're screaming okay, because we're sorry. excited and the, the waves, the crests. Um, this is where we should be. We should be right there. We've been all over. <laughs> but I, I think, I think the excitement for an artist that you love, but being met by something foreign yeah. is kind of weird. So maybe, maybe I'm backtracking. Maybe now that Drake is off the table, I feel differently about Boeing. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. I think all in all, it's not polite to make someone feel bad, especially like in an artistry scenario. These people have 11,000 followers. Like 11,000 people. TCB? Yes. 11.9 thousand followers. Like, a lot of people fuck with them right. and it does I'm it, sure they're very it just doesn't fan, it doesn't align with what Atlanta the Atlanta music scene is yeah and I think that and that was most distressing okay. for me because yeah. I was just like oh be open your mind yeah something new she's doing an amazing cover of Beyonce and yes. we all love that so but I, I will say I will say moving into the wet the yeah. wet was Ari Lennox the wet was she Ari Lennox she did amazing I think I mean I know that we've been watching her covers on YouTube for years yeah. and like the growth yeah. and and the artistry, the voice, the yeah. vocals were there. We fucked with it. it was the clear am- shoes were not there. The, she didn't have on her clear I don't shoes. think she had on the clear heels. You know, whatever. I just thought it was an amazing show. Like She could I, have a wet for like the rest of the year if she would like. The show was just good. The improvisation was on point. Amazing. She looked amazing. The stage was amazing. Red Bull. I don't know what your affiliation with that. I guess it was like a Red Bull it, tour. Red Bull music fest. Yeah. It, it was, that, they had a lot of different... Like I know Tiana, like Tiana Taylor, Taylor was, was here. One, and yeah. as a matter of fact, she did dedicate a portion of her show to Alexis. The uh, young woman we talked about okay. that was unfortunately murdered by her roommate's boyfriend and right. her roommate. Um, she did mention her in her set, but that that's what this whole thing was, the Red Bull Music Fest. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. I've always loved Ari's transparency, yeah. her honesty, even within her music. Yes. The songs she makes, everybody could relate to right. up late. You, you can relate to being out here with your boo with your nigga yeah. like and like I mean I think like what was her first single Shea Butter 
her first like, from this from yeah. this oh right from yeah, this, from this album. project mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah those and, are my sheets yeah exactly <laughs> and I was just like I was like holy shit I had no idea that you could make that experience that experience of feeling and that's the beauty of it and I, I think I've mentioned SZA also it kind of yeah. gives me that same connection vibe like yes girl we're, yes. we understand each other because I feel like those instances where I'm like if you're laying at a dude's house and the sheets like have your grease stains all you over have, them basically then marked you, your you marked territory. territory but then you're also feeling like oh god how is he gonna feel about this yeah. like am I gonna be ostracized am I gonna feel some kind of way or yeah. is he gonna make me feel some kind of way but then yes. it's like no yes I'm bringing my shea butter and I'm gonna fuck up all your sheets yes. like this and this is what and we're here just, to do it's empowering to say the least like I know that that term kind of feels corny buzzy, to say buzzy very buzzwordy but yeah. I think for so do laundry I'm just saying uh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> for so long I think as black women our very intimate experiences haven't been put on display mm-hmm. in music at like if we're gonna keep talking about shea butter baby like right. how many times you go to somebody's house and like oh okay I can't wrap up my hair right. because it's not sexy it's like, not it's sexy not to have your hair tied up so then if that's the case then you're gonna get this as the alternative yeah I don't know I love the show it's, it's definitely intimate. a weapon. for me I, it was the first time I had ever been to Variety Playhouse for Great sure venue. I like it venue. yeah um yeah so she gets the wet that's it she can take the whole entire wet she, I'm fine with okay, that okay cool <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with her taking the wet Lauren do you, do you have, have any, any do you have wets? any closing notes any closing comments did you like being on Lemon Pepper Wet you're in I Lemon did. Pepper I did I had fun um it was very nice to conversate with you young ladies about oh conversate topics. okay no, you, you can conversate here. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Christina, any upcoming some things? I don't know. Uh, no, just, you know, stay safe out there. The advisory is real to all my black sisters. Yes. Watch oh. your back. Travel in packs. We should come up with some sort of tune. I'm not thinking about it. Like I don't know. I mean, I, I going off of that. I just think I love that everybody is fucking on alert right yeah, now. Yeah, like, I mean, but we should be. We should have been on alert. We should always be on alert. I mean, because, but I think we'd be on alert. But like, but I don't think so. I think it's like it comes in waves. Like I think that sex trafficking in Atlanta has always been at an all-time high yes like, always always and um I did I did some research this weekend shout out to Sheila who has been a listener for a really long time I hey actually, Sheila hey Sheila we love you so she is an aspiring <laughs> model and she got she had a photo shoot coming up and she decided to make it about sex trafficking not just like okay I'm gonna be up here and look pretty and whatever and she decided to make the point of the photo shoot to be sex trafficking awareness Yeah, how can we make sure that everyone knows what the fuck is up and how to prevent it or not even how to prevent it but just how to be safe Yeah, and so we did a lot of research we had a lot of conversations about sex trafficking and mostly it's just like be on the like you don't ever be too comfortable yeah to not be alert right. like let right. people know where you are 
share your location. That and also just know how like coveted you are as no. as an entity. Like yes. people want what you got. So just go with that. Lead with that. Like, step into the world knowing that people will try to get whatever the fuck it is that you have mm-hmm. at any cost. Exactly. So the the number one place <laughs> for sex trafficking is Washington DC. Yeah. Black black babes. Shout out to Gogo Music. All right. <laughs> uh, um, but also Atlanta is definitely high up on the list yeah. because we have the world's biggest And we also have blah, a really blah, blah. great episode with our friend Priya Danani specifically about sex trafficking yes, and sexual abuse. We do. So revisit that because she has a lot of good information and resources to visit if you need to know more. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to say. I thought this was a great episode. Thank you, Warren. Thanks for like for hopping on the mic. It was very fun. Oh, what? <laughs> for conversating yes, with us. Yes, for conversating with us. Um, that must be that Chicago shit. Yeah, you <laughs> you are a very, like, incendiary, like, conversationalist. Like, you have a lot of good, good that- points, and it's very fun to talk to you, so. Thank you. If you guys would like to talk to us, you can hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Lemon Pepper Wet and on Instagram at Lemon Pepper Wet Pod and you can email us at Lemon Pepper Wet Pod at gmail.com. Christina, what's your Instagram? It's C D O T Andrews. That's C dot Andrews. And mine is at Bethane the Drug. Warren, are you Do you wanna like, plug yourself? Are you active? Oh he's he's no. super low key. That's All fine. Right. Um, cool. Cool with me. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk to you guys next time. Alright, bye. Bye.